Welcome to Testimonies with Tiffany, the podcast that is sure to challenge and grow your faith. Join me as we hear personal testimonies from ordinary people having radical encounters with Jesus. Together, we'll learn the power of believing God and His Word. I hope it inspires you to look at how God is showing Himself faithful in your life and challenges you to step out and testify. Welcome back to Testimonies with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Tombry. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to those who are listening. I am so happy you found yourself here. Today is episode 32, and I am confident that this is going to be one of rich encouragement to you. I'm glad you decided to stop by and you have joined me today. I do believe that the Lord wants to bless you, encourage you, strengthen your faith through today's testimony. Today, you know, in my quiet time, I was reading, um, I'm going through the Bible chronologically. It's the first time I've actually ever done this. And it's actually, oh man, it's blessed me so much. And uh, in my reading today, I was in Psalms and I came across the Psalm, Psalm 106 verses one through five. And I believe um, that I'm to share this today for somebody listening. So verses one through five says this, it says, praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Blessed are those who act justly, who always do what is right. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people, come to my aid when you save them, that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join your inheritance in giving praise. I love that this chapter starts off with three simple words. It says, praise the Lord. No matter what you are going through today, God is worthy of praise. But Tiffany, you don't understand the hell I've been through. God is still worthy of praise. But Tiffany, you don't understand what I'm facing right now. God is still worthy to be praised. I personally have been in a season where I'm just learning to praise God, even when the desires of my heart have not been met. I've been learning to praise God, even when it feels like the things that I've been praying for or contending for have been delayed to praise God through the frustration and the pain. And I believe that's a word for somebody today is that you've just got to praise the Lord. And, and this is really the, the heart behind the podcast and how God brought me to this place of, of testimonies with Tiffany is you know, to be a steward of your testimony, but also just to proclaim the works of the Lord, to declare that God is still in the business of doing miracles. God is still in the business of healing and, and saving and redeeming and restoring and setting free. And so that's, what's going to happen today on episode 62. We're going to declare the mighty acts of the Lord. I'm excited My guest today is a single mom of three girls and three grandchildren. She is a graduate of Raymond Bible College and a woman's conference speaker. She is the founder of Extending Grace Ministries. She enjoys interior design and all things crafty. She has been walking with the Lord for over 30 years. It is my pleasure to introduce to y'all Miss Shannon McSwain. Hello, Shannon. I am, me and Shannon have been having church for the last like 30 minutes prior to this call. So I'm I'm so excited for this call. So Shannon, thank you so much for um, 
Oh, just blessing us. I know you're about to bless our socks off. Well, thank you, Tiffany. I am so glad to be here with you. And yes, hopefully we are going to set some captives free today. Amen. You know, as I was praying too, that that was a phrase that came to me that that through this this episode, God's going to open the prison to them that are bound. And, and I I believe that to be true. And, you know, I say this all the time on my, on my podcast, Shannon, I say, you know, I love to, I love the opportunity to interview guests and to hear their story and to hear the faithfulness of God. But, you know, I feel like this episode there, there's certain episodes that I feel like, oh, I could just feel God's anointing maybe more than others. I can feel his spirit and his heart. And uh, this is one of those episodes just talking to you throughout the day. I, I just, I believe that, um, me and Shannon, this is just a divine appointment and that, um, God, God has something very special that he wants to unfold in this episode. So Shannon, I'm going to let you take it away. And, um, I, man, I'm just excited. Well, good. Thank you. I'm so glad I, I, you know, Tiffany, I, this uh, story of mine started a couple of years ago, and um, since then, I, I didn't understand at the time, you know, how it is when we're going through something. We don't understand why we're going through it at the time, but I can look back now and say I undoubtedly know that it was just the Lord preparing me because, you know, our story is always for someone else. Our storm that we go through is always for someone else to help them uh, to pull them up when they're going through it. And so um, it's not one I'd wish on anyone, but uh, I am thankful now that I'm on the backside of it, that the Lord allowed me to go through all those things. For one, it taught me about me and some patterns in my life that were not pleasing to him that he wanted to get rid of. And uh, for two, it's helped me minister since then to so many women in that same situation. Uh, back when the pandemic started, I I've been a single mom for many, many, many years, and I, I, I haven't dated. I didn't date or anything. I just raised my girls and, and worked. And then um, I started dating a man that I had known for many, many years, and uh, I knew him really, really well, I thought. And so I started dating him, and, and we ended up getting engaged at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, for 10 months, for 10 months, we were engaged, and, and I, I just prayed every day, uh, Lord, protect me from myself, protect me from myself in this. If this is not you, I need you to get me out of it. I need you to protect me from my emotions, from my feelings, from being deceived. I need, if this is not you, I need you to get me, you know, just protect me from myself and get me out of it. And uh, we got a marriage license. We were moving right along and everything kept delaying it. It just kept being delayed. And I was just, was not pushing it. I was like, Nope, I'm not pushing this. I could have pushed it and and got it done. And I was like, I am not because I'm praying and asking the Lord to intervene if it is not him. And, um, and, you know, we can say that in one breath and be like, well, why did you, if you, if you weren't sure, if you didn't have a piece, why'd you stay in it? Because I knew there was a purpose in it and I just didn't know what it was. And so as it, as we went through this 10 month engagement, I, I would see little red flags, little red flags would pop up. Uh, Tiffany, do you ever have a friend or have you ever seen a, a girlfriend or something going through a relationship or in a relationship and you see the red flags, but they can't and yes. you so badly want to jump in there and go, please don't do this, please. Uh, oh my, I've seen that so much since then. And I just, oh, if I could just save them all, I would. But anyways, uh, so yeah, 10 months in the Lord was, I was just like, Lord, this isn't it, is it? This is not it. He was like, it is not. And I said, okay, Lord, I need you to get me out of this. And I need you to, 
Yeah, I was not very good at confrontation with people. I didn't like hurting people's feelings. I certainly did not want to feel like I was destroying someone's life by saying, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Uh, I just, I was not that kind of person. I said, Lord, you're just going to have to get, you know, have them break up with me. Uh, I can handle it much better. Just, you know, don't make me confront this. And he was like, I'm going to make you confront it and it's going to be okay. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you the strength. And I mean, literally the same day he told me that I went straight. He, he lives about three hours from me. I went straight to his house knowing that that's what I was going to do. <laughs> I was going to call this thing off. And, uh, I was just saying, Lord, please give me strength. And, um, he did. It, it took me a long time, a few hours of sitting there. Uh, finally, I just got brave enough to say, hey, uh, this isn't working. You know, I'm going to I'm going to go. And um, so long story short, you know, I broke it off. And and afterwards, I was not when I drove away. I have to say it like this. When I drove away, I felt like the weight of the world had come off of me. I felt like such a freedom. It was incredible. And I was just like thanking the Lord. Although I had a three hour drive home. And I said, thank you, Lord, for setting me free. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free. Thank you for protecting my, from me from myself. Because I'm telling you, we need protection from ourselves so often because we let our emotions dictate to us. And we let ooey gooey feelings and all the things and, and the deception that can be there or, you know, um, and manipulation or any of the things, uh, those red flags. We as women tend to think it'll change. I can fix them. I can change them. All of the lies that the enemy wants us to believe to enter into covenant with someone that we're not supposed to be in, which will thwart the plan and delay the plan and purpose that God has for our lives. And so I was just like, Lord, thank you. And he said, OK, I'm going to take you on a journey now, Shannon, that's going to get rid of the thing that is attracting this narcissistic spirit to you. And I was like, OK. And I said, OK. So he identified it. Um I, I, I recognized it as soon as he identified it, but let me, let me read you the scripture that he gave me. Cause I said, Lord, this, this narcissistic thing, I keep hearing about it. I said, I, I grew up my whole life and never heard anything about a narcissist. And all of a sudden in our world, you hear it all the time. And I was like, why am I just now hearing about this? And he said, let me take you to second Timothy, um, three. And it said, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. The word of God says, have nothing to do with them. And we read that scripture and we, we, we've known it, but if you keep going in, in chapter, uh, in verse six, it says they are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak willed women Wow, who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. And I was like, whew, I mean, come on, that describes a narcissist to a T. And he, and the Lord said, it is rampant in our world today because it says that there will be time, terrible times in the last days. And then it describes a narcissistic spirit. And I was just blown away by that. And, and I was like, that is so true. Like they pray when it's a, when it's a man and woman situation like me, where I'm the woman, they prey on weak women who are mostly enablers or who are 
um, codependent. And I was like, and the Lord's like, I've got to get those things out of you, Shannon. Those patterns are not pleasing to me. They are not going to, um, they are not going to help you in life. So we're going to cut those things out. And, and he warned me, he said, this journey I'm going to take you on is going to be painful because it cut, it hurts to be cut. It hurts to be pruned. And he said, but it's going to set you free and you're never going to attract this, this spirit to you again, because now this was the second person I was married to a narcissist for 26 years and had my three daughters with him. And I had no idea it was a narcissist and, um, and then waited many, many years and then got in a relationship with another one. And I was like, Lord, what is the problem here? Why do I keep seeking out these people? And he said, you're not seeking them out. They're seeking you out because that spirit knows how to prey on someone who is codependent or an enabler. And so he began to take me on that journey. And that word codependent, a lot of people don't know what it means. It simply means you care more about their life than they do. You care more about their issues than they do. Uh, being an enabler, you know, you're just that kind of person who's kind of naive. You just think everyone is uh, good. They wouldn't do that. That's not, they would never do that. And you enable them uh, in, in so many areas of their life. You don't hold them responsible for their actions and you don't set healthy boundaries. And so the Lord's like, I want those things gone out of you. And so he began to take me back through my life, back through my childhood, back through my life. And I'm telling you, Tiffany, it was painful. <laughs> uh, I don't have a traumatic childhood. I just don't. But he would take me back through certain scenarios and situations that I'd been put in as a child or or, you know, whatever. And he would he would take me back through those and I would have to confront him. And it was as if I was going back through it again. And, and that was the part that hurt because when you're with a narcissist, you will lose yourself completely. That is their whole intention as that spirit attaches to that person is to steal your identity and use it against you. So where I thought this man was very attentive and he was very caring and he, he asked me so many questions and he just wanted to know every detail of my life, every weakness, every every traumatic thing he just I just thought oh my gosh he's just so you know men are not usually like that they're not so attentive and and they don't really care about the details but this person did he he was he wanted all of the all the details and all of anything um any weakness that I had uh, vulnerability anything I was scared of and then they turn it and they use it against you um that is what that spirit does it 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 manipulates you it puts you down. It uh, humiliates you. It does not protect you. It does not honor you. Uh, it's self-serving. It's manipulative. It's lying. It's deceiving. It's, it's so much deceiving, so much deception. Uh, and, that, you know, simply what the word says is that it just preys and gains control over weak-willed women. And I didn't realize I was a weak-willed woman. I, I, I was very confident before going into this relationship. I was very bold and self-assured and and um, very independent and just, you know, I felt like pretty balanced until I went through that. And, and he literally like sucked the life out of me. And so since then I have gone on that journey with him and healed. Oh Lord, I've healed so much and I'm so thankful for it, even though it hurt because now I can identify it. I can call it what it is. I can set healthy boundaries in relationships and I can help other women get set free from this because so many women are deceived and pulled in by this narcissistic spirit in men. And it just breaks my heart because now I see it from a different point of view. 
And I, I have a few women right now in my life that I just want to go, please stop. Like, please. Like, they no sooner get out of one relationship with a narcissist and they get pulled right back into another one. It's the same spirit, different body. And, you know, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We do not. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We, we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And if you can separate the two, if you can separate the fact that this person is being controlled by a spirit, then it helps you to forgive them because they have taken you through hell now, pulled you down to the lowest point of your life. And it's so easy to be angry and bitter at this person because now you're having to rebuild from the ground up. But the Lord showed me, he said, separate the two, Shannon. They are controlled by a spirit. That spirit is controlling them and deceiving them just like it did you. And that to me was the thing that set me free and in, in forgiving this person and being like, you know what? I just need to pray for this person because they are under that same deception that, that they were to me. And because of trauma in their past, because of, of uh, you know, circumstances in their past and doors that they had opened, the enemy had come in and just taken over. And so it helped me to keep that in mind when forgiving this person. And, and it helped me to be able to pray for this person. And I do, I do pray for this person still to this day. I pray that he comes to know the Lord, uh, uh, makes him Lord of his life and um, that he gets set free as well. Amen. And Amen. so, um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I see women today and, and they'll tell me the first thing they'll say is I can describe the person they're with without even knowing them. And they're like, how did you know that? I'm like, because it's the same traits. It's a spirit. So it's got the same personality traits in every person that it in, that it indwells. And so, um, you know, it's just amazing to me. They'll say, that's exactly what happened to me, or that's exactly how they were, or that's what happened. And I'm like, I know, because it's just a spirit and it's rampant in today's world. And, and so I just want to make it known out there. So many people don't know. There's a lot of doctors and psychologists and, and all the things that talk about this, uh, part, this personality disorder, this narcissistic personality disorder and, and what part of the brain it's in and, and all the things, but I know it to be a spirit. I know it in the spirit world as a spirit. And that's, that's how you have to go after it. That's how you have to fight it is in the spirit world with the help of the Holy spirit and just the knowledge and the wisdom and um, revelation that the Holy spirit gives you to help you get free from this person. Because here's the deal. You can get free from them in one moment and, and literally a, a week, maybe two months down the road, you are sucked back in. It's so common to be sucked back into these relationships with these people because a narcissist spirit will not close a door on a relationship. They will not close the door. They will keep their foot in that door so that they can gain control over you at another time. And that's the part of the appeal to them and part of their pride and their ego is to go, I can open that door back up as anytime I want. And so what I had to do in my situation was I had to block this person from every area of my life. They could have no access to me in any way. I moved. I drive a different car. I mean, I'm serious. Like I, I totally made it to where they could not come find me. They could not get a hold of me. Um, because I know, I know what that spirit does and what it's capable of. And, uh, I wasn't going to think, Oh, it's not going to happen to me because now I identify it. I just wasn't even going to give it an opportunity. And so now I am just speaking about it as much as I can and helping women individually that the Lord sent to me 
um, and helping them to learn and identify what it is they're dealing with so that they can, you need to know your enemy. You need to know your enemy and his strategic plan and how he operates so that you can combat that in the spirit. And um, so that is my hope and my desire is just to be able to spread the word for people um, to, you know, who are in relationships and it's not just man and woman relationships, it's boss and, and employee relationships. It's mother and dad relationships. You know, a lot of kids grow up with a narcissistic dad or a narcissistic mom and, and their chances of being narcissistic themselves or being abused by a narcissist grow, goes up exponentially just because of that. And so it really does uh, open your eyes. If you study it, uh, what this spirit does and how it operates. Uh, it opens your eyes to so many different um, relationships that you had and why you felt the way you felt in those relationships. You know, sometimes we have relationships with people and we're like, I just never leave that person feeling very, really good about myself, you know, or that person, every time I'm with them, all they do is talk about themselves and they don't really care about letting me talk. I'm, I mean, there's a lot of difference, you know, different scenarios and a different signs of a narcissist. Um, one also being that they're punishers. If you don't do things their way, or if they feel like you're about to expose them, they punish you. Um, they'll either uh, gaslight you. That's a common term that we hear today. They'll just back away and not act like they don't care, or you won't hear from them for a little bit. Or uh, And then, you know, if they feel like they've gotten too far uh, out of your good graces and that you're about to expose them, then they come in with love bombing. That's another word we hear today. Uh, very common. They'll come in and just try to overcompensate and get you back into their good graces only to destroy you again. And so it's such a serious issue. And I really feel like the Lord has um, kind of spotlighted it uh, in a lot of people ministries and different things right now so that we can help people get set free from these relationships that are, that they're being destroyed in and um, help them get free so that they can fulfill the purpose and the call of God on their life. Because, you know, when you have no self-confidence and you are beaten down, the last thing you're going to do is be bold for the Lord. And so it's a very strategic plan that the enemy has. And especially for women, as it says in this scripture, because we are vulnerable. Uh, we are um, caretakers. We are nurturers by, you know, just in ourselves. And, and the enemy takes a full advantage of that. And so it's kind of been just my mission the last two years probably since I went through that to um, help women get free and pray, pray for them to get free and that their eyes are opened and that the blinders are taken off and that they see that person for what they are. So yeah, that's kind of, that's my latest, my latest story. And um, you know, it's a day to day thing. You don't, I don't think you ever, you know, fully just recover uh, all, all at once. I think it's just, you know, different, different things in your life will come up, different triggers or different moments. And you're like, okay, let me identify this and make sure this isn't a pattern that I'm repeating. Uh, that's not healthy for me or healthy for a relationship I would be in. Yes. You know, speaking on that, um, I have a couple things I want to cover, but speaking to that exact, that, that thing is, that the Bible says we're walking out our salvation with fear and trembling. So we're all at different places in our walk with the Lord. And like you said, one of a good gauge, if, if I'm, if I'm connected to the vine, I'm abiding in Christ and I'm growing is that God, I will begin to be able to identify triggers. Meaning if I'm in conversation with somebody and they say something 
and I am triggered, meaning my reaction causes me to sin, oh, then that's a place that Father is highlighting that he wants to deal with if I will yield to him and allow him to bring me on this journey, which is exactly the journey that you've been on in dealing with this spirit and God purging you of, of familiar things in yourself that this spirit would identify that, you know, attracts there's, there's the thing that in the Christian world called the transferring of spirits. The beautiful thing, see the beautiful thing about Jesus was when the demons came to Jesus before he cast them into the swine, they said, Jesus of Nazareth, like, why are you here? We, we like, they were begging Jesus to leave. Why didn't the demons possess Jesus? Because Jesus had nothing in common with the demons. He was clean. He was pure. And so they had no entry into transferring onto Jesus. And then we know that Jesus cast them into the pigs and then they, you know, they went off the cliff. And so what will happen is if we are not living, if we're not being, um, we don't have to be fearful of this, but just being, you know, allowing God to take inventory of our heart and, being mindful of triggers or things, emotions, all of that, then what happens is if we're being oppressed by demonic spirits, then we have, there's something in common and we can have a transferring of spirits. Um, I believe that anxiety, depression, all of that is demonic. It's, it's a demonic oppression. It is a spirit um, that has, is oppressing and we just need deliverance from it. Um, I know that some people will say, oh, there's chemicals and there's medication. And, and I, you know, I'm not saying yes or no to that, but I do know, like you said, Ephesians six says we war against, we don't war against flesh and blood. It's against principalities, rulers of darkness. And um, that has to be taken into consideration. Um, And so triggers are important. um, And just realizing like, oh, when she said this, Um, I felt rejected. Okay. Well, we know that rejection is not for the Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians that we're accepted in the beloved. So this feeling of rejection is from the enemy. And so what I would do when I feel rejection is I'll say, father, what's the lie I'm believing. I'll, I will begin to bring myself through deliverance. It's super Mm -hmm. simple. We just ask, ask the Lord, father, what is the lie I'm believing? Listen, but the Bible says in John that we hear the voice of our father and we do not follow the voice of another. So Father will tell us, this is the lie you're believing. And then I simply say, I break this lie in the name of Jesus. I come out of agreement with this lie. And then I ask Father, Father, what's the truth? And he'll say, Tiffany, you're accepted. I accept you. You're accepted in the beloved. And then I'll come into agreement. I come into agreement with the word of God that says I'm accepted in the beloved. And then I go about my day. If I get triggered again, then it's going back through that. Okay, why am I being triggered? What's going on? Father, what place do you want to heal? That's a, that's walking out our salvation. That And I believe that God wants us to be whole. This is part of becoming whole again. Because Absolutely. we live in uh, live in a fallen world, we're dealing with sin, and and the and the sin of other people, and you know that that have sinned against us, and so it's just walking in wholeness. One thing I want to talk about is in the very beginning. I love what you said. You said storms are not just for ourselves. I feel like I say I have come to understand this uh, more fully, and I say this a lot. That and I remind myself when I'm in the middle of a storm, this is not just for me. 
This is not just for me. It may be an attack from the enemy. It may be for my own choices I've made. It may be just of natural things. Um, but this is not just for me. And one, one place in the Bible we can go to is when Jesus goes to Simon Peter and he says, Simon, Satan has come to buffet you. Satan has come to challenge you. Satan has come to tempt you. Satan has come to throw a trial, you know, in your way. And Jesus says this, he says, and my prayer for you is not that you would be delivered from it, but that your faith would not fail and that you would be strengthened so that you could go and encourage others. Well, that's a beautiful picture of a storm. Jesus Amen. literally comes and comes and tells Peter, hey, Satan's come. He's asked permission to, to, you know, rile you up. And you know what? I'm not asking the father to deliver you. I'm, I'm, I'm praying that your faith would not fail. Amen. And so sometimes we go through storms and I believe, you know, we know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the father, father, and he's our mediator. And I believe that there are times that Jesus is like, dude, I'm not praying that you be delivered from this. Sorry. I'm praying that your faith would not fail so that what compassion can be cultivated, growth can happen, pruning can happen, sanctification, that we can come to uh, have an encounter with God in a new way. So then when a friend is going through something we, we just went through, we're able to be like, hey, I know exactly what you're feeling. And God was so faithful to me. He's going to be faithful to you. The Lord's been telling me this lately. He says, Tiffany, I want you to grow through what you go through. And right. so- we need to be growing through what we're going through. How, how terrible of a life would it be if God delivered us from everything? We would be so immature. We would be so entitled. We would be so like, oh, surfacy. But when God allows us to go through things, there's depth of character. There's integrity built. There's honor. There's admiration and fear of God. We, we get wisdom. There's, there's so many beautiful things that happen when we grow through what we go through. Another and, and thing, let me just, if I could yes. just interject with that, when you were talking about Peter and the Lord telling Jesus, telling him that if, if he would have just delivered him from that, what the enemy was wanting to do with him right then, it, it would have, he would have come up against it again. I mean, it wasn't a one-time attack. The enemy does, doesn't do one time and he's done. He would, he comes back and he comes back and he comes back. And so if he had delivered him, that one time it would have done no good because he would have, he would have just come back with another attack. And so for the, for Jesus to say, I am praying that your faith is, is strong, that you don't lose heart here, that you don't lose your faith because that's what would have sustained him time and time and time again, as opposed to just a one-time delivery that he would have had to come back and deliver him every time. And uh, so, yeah, that, that, that goes right along with what you were saying. If he, if he delivered us every time the enemy attacked us or anytime we did anything stupid, um, then he would have to keep that up. But if he prays for us, I love that he prays for us. First of all, I just love that. And second, I love that he just prays that our strength, our faith will be strong and that we can, we can weather it, you know? That is so good. I've never thought about that before. Yes. And that, that is you know, I, I immediately got the picture of like people in a gym lifting weights. Why do you go to the gym? You who are listening, why do you go to the gym? Oh, Tiffany, because I want to tone muscle. I want to, I want to strengthen myself. I want to feel better. It's the same in the spirit realm. We have to work our muscles. We have to, we have to learn how to take 
thoughts captive. We have to learn how to stand and not be swayed here or there. We have to allow our roots, as it says in Ephesians, to go down deep and be established in the love of God. And that only happens when we go through something and we're not delivered from something. Right. Um, and it's so good. And, and, you know, God's, God's strength is perfected in our weakness. Second Corinthians 12, nine, another, another storm I was thinking are the, the thought I had about storms is I thought of the three Jewish boys, uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and going through the fire. A lot of times storms are like the stage is set. The, the, the enemy's uh, desire for a storm is to take us out. God's desire is Romans 8, 28, that he'll work all things together for our good and his glory. That Jeremiah 29, 11, he has plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Genesis 50, right. 20, wait, what the devil meant for bad, God will use for good, right? So the enemy only has one, one desire and that's to take us out, kill, steal, and destroy, John 10, 10. But God right. has, he, he will use all things to, to receive glory and to work it out for our good. And the three Jewish boys, what happened? They were, they refused to bow down to the, the, when the trumpets played and the gold image, they refused to bow the knee. And so they were thrown into the fire, but it wasn't the Jewish boys had already made up their mind. Either Jesus, either God's going to deliver us from the fiery furnace, or he will deliver us through. Like we're going to either meet our creator or he's going to do a miracle. They were already, they had, they were already settled in their heart. We're not bowing and that God is faithful. And Amen. so that, to me, that storm was for King Nebuchadnezzar. It was for all those that watched these three men take a stand and choose not to compromise their faith and just hold fast their convictions and the bible says this that they saw the fourth they saw a fourth man standing in the fire the son of man and so sometimes when we're in storms it's for people to see the son of man standing with us it's for people to see us and be like how are they still breathing how are they not crumbling under the weight of what they're going through? How can they have joy? How are they walking in a peace that is unspeakable? Oh, because the son of man is standing with me because my roots are established in Christ Jesus because he is my anchor Hebrews. And so storms, there, there's so much beauty in storms. Um, and, and so those are some things that stood out to me when you're talking about that. And then obviously, hello, emotions. You hit it right on the head. Emotions are fickle. This is something I'm learning. I mean, I feel like I have to remind myself constantly, Tiffany, your emotions lie. Like they're so right. here and there, here and there. And, um, you know, I'm reminded of Galatians 5, 16. It's, it, the, we're told to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. Why? Right. Because the flesh leads us astray because our emotions are fickle. And so if we're people that are constantly being led by our emotions, we are living in a dangerous place. Absolutely. In a dangerous place. And, you know, we, we've got to, we cannot allow our mind, will, emo emotions, and imagination to lead us. God called us to be, to be people who walk in the spirit, that our spirit man is stronger than our mind, will, emotions, and imagination. Second Corinthians says, take uh, captive vain imaginations. Anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, we should be taking that thought captive and sending it back to the pit of hell where it belongs. This is walking Absolutely. in the spirit and not in the flesh. And, um, and, and so when you said that, I was like, oh man, this is something that I'm constantly, God's constantly being like, you got to take that thought captive. Like 
we spend so much time entertaining vain imaginations and that becomes our reality. And then unfortunately what happens is we begin to live that out because we believe it. Um, and, and God never desired that for us. He desired us to, to believe his word and to walk by faith. This is all and part I, of growing our spiritual muscles. Amen. And I, I think too, in my situation, it was also what the enemy meant for bad. The Lord turned and used for good. He was like, okay, you, you walked into this. Now I'm going to turn it and use it for your good. I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of these things in you that are not pleasing to me. I'm going to make you face some things you, you haven't been facing. I'm going to make you uh, you know, we're going to go through this journey and we're going to, we're going to get you stronger and we're going to, you know, get you where you're not, uh, these, this spirit is not attracted to you and doesn't just gravitate towards you so that you can in the future be walking in healthy relationships and that you're not led by your feelings or your emotions or led by past traumas or past experiences. I think so often we don't check ourselves and do an inventory near enough to say, Lord, what in me is not pleasing to you? What in me can you help me get free from? What in me is causing me to go around this same mountain over and over and over again? And if we'll do a, a, some self-evaluation and, and let him highlight those things in our lives that are, that are not good for us, that are, that are not serving us uh, and keeping us from serving him to the best of our ability, I think a lot of times if we would just do those things first, we wouldn't fall into these things, you know, um, the, you know, that's why we, the Bible says, you know, put on the full armor because so that you're not, that you don't fall for these schemes and wiles of the enemy. And, and it wasn't that I wasn't walking with the Lord. I was, I was actually coming out of a fast. Uh, I was, you know, it, it just was a time in my life where the Lord was like, I'm going to let you go through this because you won't leave this alone. You keep picking this back up. I keep pulling you out of this relationship and you keep picking it back up. So I'm going to let you walk this one out and you're going to, you're going to learn. You're going to learn through this. I'm just going to let it play out. And he did. And I'm so thankful that he did because I kept saying, why didn't you just pull me out from the beginning? And he was like, because then you wouldn't know all you know now. Then you wouldn't be able to help the people that you help now because you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have seen the, the patterns in your life that needed to be dealt with. Uh, you wouldn't have seen this person for what they really were and finally able to shut the door for good, no regrets, walk away knowing that you were doing the right thing. And so I was so thankful for the way he handled it. He was such a gracious father in that whole situation. And, uh, you know, I'm a single, single to this day. I have not dated since. And and I just tell the Lord, I said, your word says that you are a husband to the husbandless and I am husbandless and I need you to be all those things that I need in a husband. I need you to be provider. I need you to be security. I need you to be my peace. I need you to be my, my, my friend and, and my husband and all those things. And I can honestly say, I do not feel like I'm lacking in anything and uh, that he has stepped up as husband in this time. And, and for anyone listening, it's the same with, a, with, with someone who doesn't have a father. He says, I'm a father to the fatherless. And, and you can call on him and, and hold him to those promises to be the father that you need in your life. Because let me tell you, I feel like so many women get in this situation that they're in with men in this narcissistic spirit also because they're looking for a father figure they never had. They're looking for a man of authority or position or something to, you know, feel safe with or just to, um, you know, for them to exhort them or to validate them. And I think that is just such a dangerous place to be um, in our world today. You know, we, we're always about what people think and 
and and and I just I just it just breaks my heart. It really does. I have, I have, like I said, a few friends right now, a few people I know, and I just so badly want to go, Hey, let's talk, you know, let's talk. Uh, which brings me to the, the, the thing, Tiffany, I was telling you the other day that Lord's called me to write a book. And, um, I said, Lord, I don't know how to write a book. And he's like, well, fortunately for you, I wrote the number one bestseller. So I think, I think between the two of us, we can get it done. So I was like, okay, let's go. So I'm writing this book and I think it's going to be titled uh, Let's Talk. And it's just about this narcissistic spirit and how to recognize it and how to break it off of your life and how to get set free from patterns in your life that are holding you back and holding you captive. And so I'm really excited about that uh, new adventure. Amen. You know, pruning is necessary. Pruning allows like when we allow father to prune, we actually bear more fruit and We've just got to get to a place where we allow the gardener to do what he does best. And that's to cut off every dead work. John 15, 2. Jesus says every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. Pruning is vitally important for us to grow in our walk with God. It is vitally important. Nobody wants to look. I have um, God bless us with this house that we have. We have a and last year I went and bought all these flowers and I put them all over. I was like, I'm just going to have this oasis. It's going to be amazing. I, we left town. I didn't water my plants for one day and they all died. Hundreds of dollars in flowers. Thank you, Goodness. Southeast Texas, 100 degree weather. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> oh, nobody wants to look at dead flowers. Nobody wants to look at dead bristles. I mean, it's just, it's like an eyesore. And it's like, we don't want to walk around just like, like just, dead we we want to be alive in christ we want him to prune those dead works we want to be bearing fruit why so that when others come around us they can eat of the fruit of the lord that he has produced in our life and so pruning is so important um it you is. know what else with all of this all of this i love that you said it that you know this narcissistic thing doesn't have to just be husband and wife it can be co-worker and employee it can be boss and co-worker right. it can be it can be two friends that are friends it can be absolutely it can be any relationship and you know some advice i i me and my husband specifically tell men that are uh seeking wives or wives seeking husbands right the single people in the dating world is to be intentional be intentional when you're going on dates be intentional when you're talking you know do your calls compliment one another are you spiritually yoked are you both seeking the will of god for your life if you're being intentional about these things and the will of the father you will not have to date for eight months and then it be explosive and horrible and traumatic and have to go through healing and and all of these things if 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 you'll just be intentional and you know even in relationships and even in fruit i believe that there's probably some people listening right okay all of this spirit to you or maybe you're sort of familiar with it but you're like okay well how do i know if this person is uh, oppressed by demonic spirits or how do i know if i'm dealing with the spirit or i myself are oppressed and need deliverance one thing that you can do is what is what is the fruit of the relationship bearing if the relationship your friendship is bearing fruit that is not of god it is right. fear strife anxiety stress worry depression doubt all of it those are things from the enemy that right. is a good inclination that okay father 
is there something like what's going on here? What do I need to deal with? Help me walk away. Do you want me to stay? Are you going to deal with this? You know, it's just seeking father, but a good, a good indicator would be what fruit is this friendship relationship bearing? And if it's, if it's not Galatians five, fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long suffering, then it may be a conversation you need to have with father and, and asking him, he's, you said Shannon he will lead he will guide he will speak he will direct he will deliver he will do whatever as long as you're willing to yield to the Holy Ghost man as you work with him he will lead guide direct Proverbs 3 says trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding and what he will direct your path Um, just like you said he was faithful he allowed you to make I mean we have free will God will allow us to make choices, but he's such a good God. He will come in and deliver. He will come in and be like, okay, baby girl. Yes, you messed up. Now we're going to walk this thing out. That's right. It's going to be okay. Uh, I was just saying on my last episode, it reminds me of a scripture in Proverbs. This is the righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. Hallelujah. We're going to fall. And God is so gracious. He just gets down there with us. I imagine him just grabbing our hand. He's the lifter of my hand. And he's like, baby girl, let's get up. And we're going to keep on walking. It's going to be okay. It's nothing that God can't handle. Your mess is not big, too big that the creator of the universe cannot handle it. God, who created you, can handle your mess. He can handle it. He can clean it up. Um, and so I, I love that. Um, just being intentional. Being intentional Amen. about relationships and conversations. And just asking God, God, give me eyes. Give me eyes to see. Give me a, a heart to discern. Give me a spirit right. to discern if there's something going on here that you don't approve of that, that, you know, if, if this is not your will, you know, even I had some friendships one time, Shannon, that I just wanted to hang on to this friendship so badly. I loved this girl. She was such a dear friend of mine. I loved her because her love for the Lord and her worship for God drew me in. And it's actually what like set my heart back on fire for Jesus. I just, I just loved how she freely loved the Lord and she didn't care in a work. Like when she worshiped the Lord, she just, there was so much freedom and I was bound by so much legal and what if people saw me raise my hands or what I was just so bound and God used her to set me free from some of that and but as our relationship our friendship continued to go there was fruit began to be unhealthy there was manipulation and rejection and right. and all of these things but but no I want to be her friend I want to do the things she's doing I want to be in her circle and the Lord was like dude Tiff that's this friendship was for a season And the season is over. Not that I can't, I still love her today, but, and the Lord gave me this vision. He's like, when you go to a concert, he's like, you know, the singer, the singer is like the person of the concert. And when the singer's on stage, there are different uh, seating, right? You have VIP, they get, they get intimate access to the singer, right? They, they can reach out and touch. They, they can see the sweat dripping off. They can feel the spit as they're singing, right? And then you right. have general admission, <laughs> you have all these different things, and then you got nosebleed. And the right. Lord said, sometimes your life is a concert. And he says, sometimes there's people in your V, you've allowed people in your VIP section that should not be in your VIP section. Tiffany, they do not get that intimate access to your life because the fruit that is being that is bearing is not of me it's not healthy and he told me in this particular situation he said I need you to take her out of VIP and I need you to put her in nosebleed 
Now she still gets access to my life, but not near as intimate. And I still have, I, I'm still called to love her. I'm still called oh, right. to be kind to her. Right. And so I learned that in relationships and friendships that like, there are seasons that God will bring people in and out of my life, friendships that get that intimate access. And then there's times that no, they get the nosebleed access. And, um, and so it's all about, you know, what fruit are these relationships bearing? And if they're not bearing the fruit of the Lord, you know, I would bring it before the Lord and, and ask him you know, what would he have you do in that situation? Um, and so. Absolutely. Um, I also believe too, that anyone who's listening, who maybe feels like, Hey, some of these things we've said, these red flags, you're in a relationship with someone who is displaying some of these tendencies, manipulation or lying or projecting onto you things that they do themselves. Uh, they'll, they'll be paranoid, make you paranoid and they'll take your self-confidence or they'll punish you or they try to control you and they don't want you with your friends. They don't want you with your family. A lot of unhealthy signals and red flags. Um, I try to tell women all the time. I'm like, look for those things in these relationships and get away from it. And, and don't go back into another relationship until you are healed until you've, I say, give it at least a year, give yourself a year with the Lord and him taking you on a journey of, of revealing these things to you, reminding you of past uh, hurts and traumas and anything else you need to deal with in your past, because it doesn't just set you free from that relationship. It sets you free in all areas of your life. It just happened to take that one particular relationship to highlight it, but it'll set you free in every area of your life with your kids, with your, with your spouse, with your, anyone, you know, you'll be like, Hey, I'm not going to be like that anymore. I'm not going to be passive aggressive. I'm not going to be all in my feelings. I'm not going to be, you know, any of those things that are not good. Um, so I, I just try to encourage women. If you are just coming out of a relationship that was dysfunctional, please, please give yourself over to the Lord. Let him heal you from the inside out before you go out into another relationship. Otherwise you're just trading one body for another and it's the same spirit that is attracted to you because you haven't gotten rid of the things in you that it's attracted to and so I just want to encourage anyone listening please take the time don't rush back into another relationship deal with the one that was that ended heal from it heal from past traumas and then wait on the Lord they said a wait on the Lord to renew your strength wait on him to find someone else for you and let him bring that person to you. And I just think that's just such an important part of it. Um, Cause otherwise all, all I see is women come from one to another. They just go from one mm -hmm. relationship to another relationship to another. And people say, Oh, they just, some women just can't be alone. They've got to have a man in their life. And I'm like, no, they just aren't dealing with the thing in them. That's keeping them running from one man to another, trying to find that fulfillment that they're not only going to find through the Lord and their relationship with him. And so I just wanted to make sure I said that because maybe someone's listening and you're like, oh man, I just came out of a relationship and I'm already going back into another one. And, and it's it, nine times out of 10, it's just not going to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. I remember going through a season when I was praying for my husband and I would, I, I would claim the, the word Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And the desire of my heart was marriage. And I remember just, God, you said, if I delighted in you, you would give me the desire of your heart. I'm delighting in you. And he said, no, you're not because you want a husband. He said, Tiffany, you've met, I made the idea of a husband 
an idol. And the Lord said, we've got to tear this high place down. And I had to get to a place where Jesus was enough that, that, that him wooing me and him being all that I needed him satisfying my emotional needs, my physical needs, my financial feeling safety and protection. I had to allow him to do that. And, and I remember on my journey of learning to do this, he had to rewire my thinking. I had to go through years of healing because of just trauma that I had been through terrible relationships I had been through and and the Lord showing me like this is not who I am these are not characteristics of who I am God is not a narcissist God is not a God of manipulation God is not a God of um, controlling God that those are not attributes of God. God is love. He is kind. He is patient. He is gentle. He is a jealous God. Literally one of the names of God is jealous. He is jealous and he is in relentless pursuit of you and your heart. And he, his affection is set towards you and he wants to, he, he wants to be your King. And I remember in this season, Shannon, where I was seeking a husband and the Lord, you know, I was telling him about Psalm 37, four and the, and the Lord said this, he said, Tiffany, he said, I care more about the heart of your desire than the desire of your heart. He said, because I haven't given you what you've wanted and you've reacted sinfully. So my motives, my heart, he had to do, he had to clean my heart out. I had to get to a place where I wasn't running from man to man to fulfill a need that I could trust that the Lord could fulfill that need. And um, another time he told me, he said, Tiffany, you're like the ch- children of Israel. The, there was a season before kings, before there was ever a king, God wanted to be their king. And Samuel went before the Lord and he's like, dude, the, your, your children want a king. And God was like, no, I need to be their king. And he, Samuel went back, uh, your children want a king. And, and God finally said, give them a king. Saul was the people's choice. David was God's choice. And there was a really big difference. There oh, was absolutely. a very big difference. So I would encourage anybody listening. If you're, if any of this is ministered to you today and you're like, okay, what's my application? What can I take away from this today? I would encourage you get in the word of God. The Bible says in Romans 12 to renew your mind by the washing of the word. Your mind needs to be renewed. You need to go to the word of God and see what he says. Start studying relationships in the Bible. And what does he say about marriage? What does he say about relationships? What does God say about walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh? What does God say about healing and wholeness? What does God say about rulers of darkness and principalities, binding spirits, getting freedom, Galatians 5. And it's your roadmap. It's where you're going to learn about who God is and how to navigate some of these things. And, and, you know, as you open up your Bible, God, you're going to have an encounter with God. And every time you have an encounter with God, you're never the same. We go from glory to glory. And so I would, I would encourage you praying, just talking to the Lord, being in communion with him, fellowshiping with him. God, I'm in a mess and I need your help or God help me identify what's going on. God, if there's anything in me, like Shannon was saying, if there's anything in me that's not pleasing to you, let's deal with it. David said this in Psalm 139. He says, search my heart and know me, oh God. If there's any anxious thing in me, get rid of it. And so it's just being mindful that we want to live a life surrendered to the Lord. We want to live a life pleasing to God. We want to walk in wholeness this side of eternity. And the only way that happens is being in fellowship with the gardener and letting him, you know, do what he does best. Um, Absolutely. 
Ooh, amen, Shannon. This amen. has been good. Yes. Is there is there anything else on your heart that you want to share before we wrap up? No, I I think I think I pretty much said it all, you know, and, and you did too. You were just saying, you know, seek the seek the Lord, seek his face. And if if the person that you're in a relationship is not running hard after Jesus, walk away. Walk away and set up boundaries. Um, you know, people say, well, that that's my dad or that's my mom. Um, I I've got, you know, that's my parent. I have to, no, no, you, you do not. I mean, uh, people need to learn that they cannot manipulate and control you. Uh, if it's a parent, then you just set up healthy boundaries and you don't let them cross that. And, uh, if it's a, a boss at work, you know, just pray and ask the Lord to transfer you or, Maybe look for a different job because that's a hard spirit to get rid of. If the person doesn't identify that they have that spirit and aren't willing to change and really seek their face, it is a hard spirit to get rid of. And so it's nor- nine times out of 10, you have to be the one who moves back. You have to be the one that sets the boundary for you uh, and then just pray for them. You know, pray that their eyes are opened, uh, that that the scales fall from their eyes and that they see it for what it is. And so, um, no, I'm, I think I'm I think Amen. I'm good. Amen. Oh, this has been so good. I, I hope that I, I know that people listening have been blessed to this. I, I would love to end our, our episode in prayer. So Shannon, if you want to open us up, I'll close this out and that'll conclude our episode today on Testimonies with Tiffany. Okay. So you want me to pray? Yes. Okay. Lord, we just thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, that the words that were spoken were from you, Lord, that, that your word says that your words do not return void. Our words, Lord, just go out in the atmosphere and, and fall flat. But your word, Lord, as we say your word, it goes out and performs what it's supposed to do. And as it said, as your word says in Second John, Lord, that we have an unction from the Holy One, that we can know all things through and by the Spirit of God. We can know all things that the Holy Spirit knows just by that word there. Unction just means an anointing, Lord. So I thank you that we have the anointing uh, from you to break yokes, to help set people free, to help set their feet upon the solid rock of you, Lord. And I just thank you. I thank you for this time. I thank you for every person who listened, Lord, that they have ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes. So if you're listening, if you've stuck with us 57 minutes, praise the Lord. I, I want to minister, speak to those that maybe you're listening and you're like, maybe you've walked away from the Lord, or maybe you haven't made the Lord of your, the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Now, the Bible says, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible says in Romans that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. Another scripture says, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And it's so simple. By faith, you just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I believe that you died on the cross and you took my sins and that you you, I was separated from God, but because of what you did on the cross, I can be reconciled to the father and, and that your blood was poured out for me. And the Bible says, as you begin to confess this, you have to open your mouth and begin to confess it. As you believe it in your heart, the Bible says that your name is being written in the lamb's book of life, that all of heaven is rejoicing right now. And uh, I want to say welcome to the family. And I want to encourage you to get plugged into a local church. I want to encourage you, Father, I pray right now for those that said yes, and they gave their life to you uh, because they heard the 
they heard the good news of Jesus Christ, that you died on a cross for their sins, for our sins. Father, I pray right now that you would send them godly men and women that would encourage them, disciple them, exhort them, that they would um, bring them um, to your feet, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would, for those listening that maybe aren't connected to a church, that they would get connected to the local body, Father, that they would get in a church, that they would dwell in unity with brothers, um, in, in the Lord father. And I pray for those listening right now that have identified with any part of this podcast, father, I pray God that you would just reveal yourself to them in their situation. Father, I pray that they would have an encounter with you that would transform them glory by glory. Father, I thank you for storms. Father, I pray for those going through storms right now, God, that, that they would see the son of man standing with them, but also the people around them would see you standing with them. Father, I pray God for those of us that are in a season of pruning God, that we would yield to you and allow you to prune, allow you to sanctify, allow you to purge so that we can be made whole, so that we can walk in greater freedom. Father, I pray for those that are in in pursuit of relationship. Father, I pray that they would be intentional. I pray that they would make you, um, the center of their relationship, the center of, of, as they're on this journey of seeking out, um, or, or being in a relationship with somebody, father, they would make you the center of it, that they would ask your will to be done, that they would invite you into that place and that you would lead and guide and direct their paths. Father, I thank you for Shannon. I bless her. God, I thank you for the journey that you have brought her through God, how she's grown through what she's gone through, God, and that now she's refreshing others. Now she's strengthening others, God. I bless the work of her hands, God. I bless this book that you have placed inside of her. And I thank you in the right time that she will give birth to this thing. Amen. God, I thank you that it will that that your anointing is on it and it will break the yoke father of those that read it i thank you god that you have anointed her to break to open the prison to them that are bound i thank you father for blessing her and equipping her to do all good works god ephesians 2 10 and i ask right now that you would do immeasurably more in her life god ephesians 3 20 you would do immeasurably more than she could think or imagine father mm -hmm. i thank you for those listening today, Lord, I bless them. I, I declare the Lord's blessing over you. Number six, the, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, Shannon, thank you so much for giving thank me your you. time. Thank you. And this has it. been a pleasure. And yes. me and Shannon talked uh, prior to this. We're going to have Shannon on again. She's going to be talking about the law of reaping and sowing. That is a principle of the kingdom of God that is very important. It's also very dear to my heart. So I'm looking yes. forward to um, another episode with Shannon. So all of you listening, stay tuned. Um, and that's going to conclude our episode today on Testimonies with Tiffany. Remember, you do what's possible and let God do what's impossible. Thanks for listening to Testimonies with Tiffany. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review online. To catch all the latest from Tiffany, you can follow her on Instagram at TifferTom, and you can subscribe to her email list to get exclusive updates at TravisAndTiffanyTombry.com. That's all spelled out. <laughs> Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.